Welcome to the Swick Tech Podcast. Today is March 17th, 2020. Well, welcome to the Swick Tech Podcast with us, not with us, I guess, uh, Shane, you're just here. You're not like with us, you're part now. of it. Yeah, nope, it's just you and I, Eric. This is pretty neat. So for those that may have listened to some of the other episodes we had, I think about six in total, um, we're getting a reboot and uh, now it's hosted by two. So I don't know if you'd be called the co-host. <laughs> or just I'm, maybe I'm, I'm the co-host. I don't know. Uh, I think we're both the co-host. We're you can be the host. How's that sound? I'll I'll give you the title, but yeah. in reality, we're just co-hosts. That just means I do more work. That's funny. Perfect. That was my plan. Uh, I'm excited about this, and I think we want to just take a second to explain to folks what the format's going to be ish um, as we kind of roll this out over the every other week is kind of the cadence. So. I know you had some ideation and some thoughts around it too, if you want to chat about that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I'm pumped too. Um, I think it's going to be super fun. We'll still have some opportunities for those who've seen the previous podcast. We had a lot of guests. Um, We still plan to have guests on this podcast, but we're going to mix it up a little bit, do that some weeks. Other weeks, we want to just talk to you about business and technology and figure out, you know, what that means in today's world. Um, Obviously, you'll see today's topic is very on point with the coronavirus situation. But uh, moving forward, we also want to touch on different technology topics, how you can be using technology in your business to help it grow, um, and anything and everything in between. Yeah, yeah, I think some of the ideas even like just not even just technology from like the computer world that I think we might think of it technology and what is tesla doing right or things that like that that are yeah, a little fun, bit more outlandish cool. too yeah news topics tech topics pop culture all that stuff we, we want to just mix it all together cool well um that being said today on the show we did have todd mcleese as our guest um you know our position as swick tech employees we really tried to want you know talk about the tooling and some of the software and resources you can utilize to work remote and how you can leverage that while people are being sent home. Um, this is a very evolving thing that's happening right now with the coronavirus. And Todd's take was more on the um, you know, KPIs and OKRs, as he called them, but also looking really kind of much further down the road and how do you keep your sanity and keep people kind of motivated. Hey, Todd, thanks for joining us on the Swick Tech Podcast. Uh, really happy to have you here virtually with us today. Uh, looks like you got a really beautiful background of some trees there. and. We were kind of joking earlier on. I had a woodpecker land on my on my wall outside the house here, so that's kind of funny. But um, if you could take a second and just introduce yourself for those that might not know who you are in our audience, uh, and certainly those that know you in your audience, uh, they'll be happy to hear who you are. Sure, I'm Todd McLeese. I'm an independent consultant working within advanced manufacturing, the future of work. I um, I used to until a few days ago. I used to travel around the country and speak to large audiences about. Uh, the future of work, but today all all of those conferences are either canceled or moving online. Yeah, yeah, we how were going to do this in person, going, right? The, What's that? How's the online piece of that going? Has that been a pretty unique new experience to have those webinars for an entire conference? Well, I, you know, I think they're just spinning up and being rescheduled that way. I think uh, any of the yeah. conferences that were scheduled for this week or um, a couple of smaller you know, group meetings, peer meetings, like executive agenda and so forth. They just got canceled this week, but it'll be interesting to see what happens with group dynamics in terms of, um, you know, 50 attendees in, 
in a Zoom conference or a Teams meeting or whatever the case may be. Yeah, that's going to be a way different, way different environment for sure. We just did an all-company gonna... meeting this morning with 30 people on Teams. We were talking about how the bandwidth is going to get stressed out from that happening from more and more companies as people continue to jump on. That's a great point. I think the bandwidth, I think the um, effectiveness of how you present online this way as opposed to, um, you know, there's a little bit of margin for error when you're standing in front of a room. Um, but when you're talking to 30 individual screens or 100 individual screens, I think the, uh, the stakes go up in terms of clarity of message and so forth. Yeah. Yeah, you're pretty good in front of a, an audience. You know, you kind of take command of the room with your presence and how you kind of walk about the floor and the stage. We've had you present at our uh, tech summit last year, and I've seen you present at other places. So this is a little bit more intimate. You know, now we're talking face to face through a screen. Um, it is different. <laughs> no question. It's um, a little less natural, I would say, a little less engaging, a little less. Um, Intimate as, as, as you use the term, it's a little harder to connect uh, yeah. online. I think that'll become increasingly important for leadership teams now because, you know, as people are isolated, um, depending on the culture, they're going to need some replacement for the human to human connectivity that we rely on every day, uh, whether that be with clients or with our peers in the office. As that continues to um, be put on hold, the face-to-face, -face, the one-on-ones the, uh, and the small group meetings. It, the stakes are going to go up in terms of our ability to effectively communicate to people, to have them feel connected to the purpose of work, the, the, um, the culture that we do have. It'll be interesting to see how effective we are at maintaining that uh, over the next, you know, however long it takes, three, sure. six months, whatever they're, they're thinking about at this point. Shane, did you have a thought? Yeah, no, I was just thinking through that and kind of it's crazy to think that we're going to have to change how we operate. Like you were saying today, Eric, with we had a 30 person all staff meeting for our company and it felt kind of weird, right? Some people didn't really feel comfortable turning their videos on. Other people were like, sure, I'll turn my video on. But then it's kind of this weird vibe going on between different different staff on our team and I that's 30 people so I can't imagine what it's going to look like for some of these larger companies that have to hold conferences or sure. you know yeah. all staff meetings for hundreds that's 30 people. people that work together too right right I mean yeah the other day, in an intimate I mean, setting already that's right last Friday I was on the phone with I think there were three or four different companies on the on the call and uh, it was held over uh, Webex and I think I was the only one who didn't hop on a video camera, right? Hmm. Um, so I think that's a little adjustment that many of us are going to have to make to be more comfortable with this mode of communication. I think, yeah. it, I think it'll come quickly, though, because you know, I was just texting my dad, who's sort of self-quarantined at the moment or isolated, and I think there'll be a lot more... Uh, family communication that goes this way as well in the near term or personal communication so it'll just become more and more the norm rather quickly i would think so the jetsons yeah. is really starting to be forced upon us yeah well yeah the old the old jetsons cartoons are a pretty poor form of facetime at the moment. <laughs> yeah, I, suppose so. yeah. I think we're um, seeing a lot of facetime already with you know younger generations seem to use it way more 
even just in general before this scenario. So yeah, it'll be interesting to see how many more people pick that type of communication up just out of the sheer force of having to. So Todd, you know, we had talked a little bit last week and you're putting together some kind of modeling around the capability maturity model um, for on the spectrum of one to five, how mature are you in terms of your capability to go remote? And there was kind of two flavors of that as we were talking about it, which is, do you have the technical ability to actually deploy that and execute on that to enable remote work, um, technically speaking? And then what is the operation side of that? The KPI, the KPIs, the OKRs, as you call them, um, that's one of the other sides of that coin. You know, you've been bouncing around all over the the city this morning. It sounds like in this afternoon already. You know, what have you seen so far? You work with some pretty big brands in the area. Yeah, I think it's a it's a very mixed bag, and it and it very much depends on culture. I think this is a people first issue. Um, there are organizations that are well suited right now culturally to maintain some semblance of productivity within their organization. I think the technical tools, like we're on Teams right now, I, I think the tools will help a lot. But in large part, I think, you know, if we think about all of those uh, solutions as apps, what's really important is the operating system and a sense of purpose is one of those things that's really important. Um, the culture, the connectivity, the cadence around communication. So, yes, I, I'm a big believer in objectives and key results, or OKRs, which was formed at Intel in the 70s, and many of the large, uh, high-performing companies leverage OKRs today. Um, but it doesn't really matter. I mean, if you're an EOS shop and you're using rocks and tasks and so forth, or if you're using objectives and key results, the language is the language. and It's an important uh, piece of it, actually. The, the organization is... The, the um, dynamic is called familiarity. So whatever operating system you're using, OKRs, EOS, uh, it, as long as it's something that everybody in the organization is familiar with, so you don't have to spend five minutes you know, getting on the same page just around vocabulary is really important. So that level of communication becomes uh, an important consideration right now. Um, I think the cadence around communication, you see... You know, companies like ADP with their, their standout app talking about weekly check-ins. Now, they're doing that to uh, simply increase employee engagement. And I think it's really important to understand that um, before all of this, we were dealing with in a uh, situation where, or a, at, at, at present, uh, roughly 34% of individuals are fully engaged at work and 24% are actively disengaged, meaning they could have a negative influence. One out of four could have a negative influence on culture. Right now, if you only have one out of three workers in your organization that is fully engaged, you have to be thinking not only about the, uh, the triaging that's going on right now and the cash flow concerns. And we already have a situation where engagement is better than it's been, but it's not as good as it could be. And now with people not coming into work every day, we have to be thinking about the OS, the systems and processes that we have to put in place, not only from a top-down standpoint, but from a peer-to-peer -peer standpoint in terms of accountability and hyper-transparency or um, uh, radical transparency as uh, McKinsey talks about. We have to be thinking about these kinds of 
qualities in our communication and in our day-to-day work that we we don't have to be as focused on it typically because we're able to rely on the person-to-person communication that occurs as a natural part of just coming into the office on a regular basis, if not every day. Todd, you mentioned the culture concept as part of that operating system. Like you need to have a culture that that lets you kind of build this work remote or work from home environment. Um, what are the things or the, I don't know, the, the key indicators that you look for to tell you that a company has that type of culture that they can sustain this type of environment? You know, it's really hard in a, a situation like this one, Shane, where um, what's going on is so critical and many business owners, especially small and medium-sized business owners, are wondering if they can make payroll in two weeks or four weeks or whatever the case right. may be. I mean, these are hard times. So it's hard to, to talk about some of these things that are typically um, thought of as fluff, right? But a sense of purpose in the organization is the best way. You know, only 4% of employees today are home-based, typically. Um, a sense of purpose, a sense of connectivity is so important, especially the longer this goes. I think it's so important to keep a a balanced perspective on what needs to be done in the next two to four weeks. And some of the uh, content I put out on LinkedIn today from Deloitte and McKinsey and so forth are checklists on how to triage some of these really tough situations that companies are dealing with. But we also have to be thinking about, as we uh, flatten the curve, Part of that strategy is going to stretch this out a little bit. And if we get into Mm -hmm. three and six months, the people that already feel disconnected, which is two out of three workers, that that distance is just going to grow as we isolate and we don't have that daily connectivity. So it's so important to manage that. And it really does start with establishing, if, if if not in a position to remind people, establishing that sense of purpose as to why the organization exists and why what the employee does is important and how it ties to that purpose. That's a big foundational aspect of culture. Sure. So how does that, I guess, um, in, in your opinion um, and your expertise, how does a company go about cascading that down and making sure it gets to those folks that are, you know, at the caboose end of that? that they get that sense of purpose? What's a good way to go about that? Well, it it goes well beyond declaring your mission statement and (laughs) throwing something up on the wall at this point, right? It requires authenticity. It requires open communication. It requires a little bit of soul searching. If the organization hasn't already declared what what their purpose is or what Peter Diamandis calls the massive transformative purpose, if you don't have that sense of togetherness around a common cause the common function of what the company does then it's time to dig into that and that's a that's a process that is doesn't have to take long i mean it's literally you could you can declare that within a day or so you can uh figure out how to best articulate that message and you can make sure that you get people rallied around it it's it's right now if this is going to um, go on for a protracted period of time Right now is a critical time to create that connectivity or 30 or 60 days from now, as that distance continues to grow, 
there'll be an opportunity for many others to start looking around for jobs. If you think about what's going to happen here or likely to happen, uh, if this goes on for an extended period of time, there will be significant reductions in staff for some companies. Some companies will go out of business. And then at the end of this process, let's say that's 90 days, 120 days, 180 days from now, right? As some New York mayor, the New York mayor, uh, de Blasio, was talking about six months at a minimum mm -hmm. uh, yesterday, right? Mm. Uh, Como in New York is talking about nine months and so forth. So we, that's an unknown. But the longer it goes, the harder it will be to um, keep everybody uh, that you Kind of like herding cats at that point, a little bit, right? <laughs> a little bit, yeah. I mean, I, yeah, I can not the see us. Part, but like to make sure everyone's, you got to do a lot of check-ins. I would think even like personal personalized check-ins or like quick, little one-offs, if, if a leader says, you know, I have an open door policy, you come see me anytime, they should be actively walking out of that theoretical digital virtual door now and, and having a one-to-one -one conversation for five minutes with as many people as they can in a day, if it's a big organization or team leads or whoever, to make sure that people feel what you're, what you're talking about, that cultural point that they can really feel like they're driving towards that purpose. I think it's a great point. I wouldn't limit that to uh, managers and directors down. Right. I would also be insisting on the peer-to-peer -peer communication with something like, you know, scrums, agile methodologies with scrumming, where you you have a specific reason, not meeting for the sake of meeting, but, you know, some structure to a conversation to increase the level of communication and connectivity. You know, this is also a time where you might start looking at some of the things that you've been thinking about doing but aren't getting done. As If, if business slows down a little bit, and you're able to um, stay on path with with uh, you know, keeping the team intact and so forth. This is the time where you can start thinking about adding capabilities and competencies to the organization so you emerge stronger. There's really three horizons here. What do I have to do to triage just to make sure I can stabilize right now? And then how do I um, strengthen my organization so I can stick stick around for the long haul and yeah. and then lastly how do i emerge stronger from this as an organization so i can really thrive and and have some market or competitive advantage because of what we achieved during this period of time again you know as we sit here on march 16th given where we're at in this process with you know the government essentially saying we're we haven't leveled off here yet this we've not seen the worst it's really hard to think in these terms as people are having tough conversations with their their banks, their accounting firms today. They're thinking about cash flow. They're thinking about uh, business continuity. They're thinking about customer relationships that are in danger. Their supply chain is at risk. Yep. There are some really hard operational issues. But it, as you create that core team working on triaging the issues related to coronavirus, Part of the strategy should has to be mid and long term as well. You know, get ready for a protracted struggle here. Yeah, I don't think we've even begun to consider or realize how long this could be. Right, we're all in the, in, like you said, March sixteenth. This is like day one of us working remotely, and some right. of us, I feel like a lot of people think, well, it's just like a one or two week thing. It's, well, no, this could be six months plus where we're trying to figure out how to live this way and operate businesses this way. 
And that might be the best outcome as opposed to that big spike that, you know, Italy and other countries are experiencing, right? right? If we if we flatten that curve, what we're betting on is that we don't get above the healthcare capacity threshold and it gives us an opportunity to remain uh, functional, but that will take a longer period of time. Mm-hmm. Not to mention, I mean, we haven't really discussed like the actual um, bad, terrible, worst case outcome of this thing is that people close to you actually die. You know, the the being isolated, the not going out to places, things are closed up. You know, I can't take my kids to the YMCA to go swimming. I can't. There's not a lot of activity based things to do. Movie theaters are closing. Restaurants are potentially closing. Gyms are closing like um, we're still in this cold weather period. Who knows how long uh, it's going to take before we see another flurry or two and when that's going to end. And if this is protracted, like he had said, and some things happen closer to home for you, um, how are people going to you know, stay happy? Right. Yeah, this is Monday. On Saturday, the gyms were still full, right? Yep. The restaurants were mm-hmm. still full. And so it's very early. But, you know, I, to me, just based on all of the um, potential for tragedy and so forth, I mean, as, as you think about culture, this is a time for authentic empathy and compassion as well from everybody, mm-hmm. but um, certainly from leadership, right? Without that, be very difficult to maintain any semblance of a culture that you know family's got to be there at, at this point and um, yeah it'll be really interesting to see how that plays out yeah on a positive note though that uh, sorry to go all you know doom and gloom on everybody but um you know the the staying connected piece i think shane and i and ryan uh had jumped on a couple calls you know ad hoc just jumped in and hey, how's it going? What what do you got going on? How can I help you with this? You know, um, and so that was nice to be able to have that connectedness there. But also, you know, at SwickTech, we utilize Office 365 and Teams to the absolute fullest. It's our phone system. It's our file share. It's our communications platform. We use Planner. So we have our to-dos through Traction EOS in there. Um, but the collaboration piece is powerful. So if we're working on things together as a team, we can all be in the same doc working at the same time, building out whatever it is we're trying to accomplish. It's that stuff is it, that to me is kind of fun. I, you know, I, I really like that coming together that way. Well, I think it, the technology is going to play an important role. You know, as you think about the different capability maturities as it relates to working remotely, um, if you have your level one company, it's it's essentially the wild west, right? You you don't have um, performance management systems in place. You don't have uh, communication systems in place. You don't have weekly or daily process in terms of check-ins and and stand-ups and so forth. Uh, Level two, what happens in a situation like this one, where if you're a level one company, the knee-jerk reaction is to level two, which is a control mechanism, right? How do I control the situation? How do I monitor employees to make sure that they're still productive? Uh, and that's, yeah, exactly. That's, that's exactly the right reaction chain. It's, it, that's not a great long-term strategy. You might get, you know, a few days of a burst of productivity remotely because you're sort of laying down the law, assuming that you're telling the employees that this is what you're doing. What's much better is to jump right away as fast as you can to a level three or level four thought process where it's more about management and collaboration and goal setting and challenging uh, people, you, you know, their skills to the, the challenges that you're putting out, your, 
you're in, uh, infusing um, elements of optimized productivity into every process that you build. Heightened communication, clear goals, uh, immediate feedback cycles. This is a time where neuroscience really comes into play. You can really sort of hit the brain in terms of what it takes to both connect and be productive. And one of the ways to really destroy that is to just go into a, uh, a police state, uh, wondering what the inbounds and outbounds are and email volumes and phone calls and uh, time that they're logged in and so forth. Instead, this is a time to fully engage, not again, not just from top down, but to encourage everybody to engage with one another using tools like video conferencing and um, putting systems in place that really push people to achieve more than they thought they could working remotely. And if you can get that off the ground very quickly, you have a really good chance to uh, be performing at a level higher than other companies will. So Todd, a lot of this stuff translates directly from not working remotely, right? Working in the office um, is where sure. a lot of this comes from. And the, and the idea that you should build this this better version of a culture where you're not actively monitoring, but instead people are engaged and want to be doing their work. Um, I feel like that becomes a lot harder now when you're forced to go remote all of a sudden like this. So like, you know, let's say you have a company culture that is a level one or a level two. Um, and you, you've been trying actively to change that, to get to a different spot, level three, four, five, and so on. Um, without this challenge of working remote, and that was hard enough. How do you convince companies that it's worth it to try and still do that working remotely in the midst of all of this? So there's more, yeah, in the midst is hard, right? Uh, there are more challenges remotely, yeah. but not to be trite, it, uh, never waste a good crisis, right? A lot of innovation takes place mm. in times of crisis. And what your organization needs in order to function at a high level uh, is to move further down the capability maturity scale, uh, further up rather. Um, and what we're asking people to do isn't all that difficult given the tools and technology that are available today. Sure. Uh, and this is a reason to do it. I mean, just think, just step back for a moment and think about the extraordinary stress that many, many businesses and teams will be under right now. If, if anything good comes of this situation, it will be the ability to bring teams together to function mm -hmm. at a higher level than they would in normal times. Yeah, which seems to be the way things were going anyways, right? It was just further out in the future. I mean, can't tell you how many articles I've seen about, you know, um, mobile teams and companies are going to eat up the ones that are on, on site or what have you and things like that. This is just accelerating that dramatically. Yeah, when you read about the future of work, you think about uh, the atomizing of work. So the outsourcing, sort of the Uber of work, right? Um, uh, individual outsourcing, the, the uh, gig economy, um, more and more remote workers around the world, especially as it relates to globalization and digital skill sets and you know, the digital natives and so forth. Um, this could accelerate some of that. Uh, it certainly needs to accelerate the ability to uh, connect remotely, not just in the technological sense, but in the human to human sense. That's okay. you know, companies that have the tools, 
Look at what just happened prior to this conversation. You called me and said, hey, can we do this on Teams, right? I downloaded Teams on my iPhone. And within about two and a half minutes, the four of us are connected through Microsoft Teams, right? This doesn't have to be a heavyweight solution from a technology standpoint, whether it's whether you're using Zoom uh, for webinars or you're using Teams and, and multiple aspects of Teams. You have to figure out what's most valuable to your culture, to your team in order to be productive. And you can start plugging those things in very quickly. Um, it's the team, the organizations that have technology lined up will, it'll be easier, right? But I've never used Teams before. We're doing that right now. And it's it pretty easy. It's effort, intuitive. It didn't take any effort to plug it in. Yeah. Yeah. The thing, so that's what I was going to say. Sorry. So uh, it, the presence of Teams, there's this, it's a, it's a feature. Um, presence that shows right now it'll show to anyone else in our organization shane and i are on a call and so is ryan someone else might show you know out of office away in a meeting etc cetera, etc cetera. so give a good flavor for what people are doing kind of back to that micromanaging kind of concept of the the company at a level one maybe it can quiet some of that down for some of those folks just as a result of them seeing visibly what's actually happening in the organization you know yeah i guess the thing is, is if you are urgent about innovating with regard to your culture or your ability to manage your team remotely, technology doesn't get in the way of that today. Yeah. Yeah, all of these apps are super scalable nowadays. Zoom or Teams, you can call them up and you know it's a matter of buying a handful of licenses and off you go. Right. And we're, you know, obviously we're a Microsoft shop, but I use Teams in some other areas in life, or not Teams, uh, Slack. And that's great too. You know, there's a lot of the Google Hangouts. There's a lot of ways around this from like the tooling, but uh, like you said, it's just, those aren't, that's not the blocker. It's the, it's the other piece potentially. Yeah. yeah. People. Yeah. There was well, we'll a board meeting in Milwaukee today with, you know, 60 or 70 CEOs and everybody was on a zoom webinar to accommodate that. Right. Because they couldn't mm -hmm. come together. So, I mean, it's a, this is not, Technology is not a good excuse today in terms of a barrier for communication. What this what this situation calls for in most organizations is heightened or even hyper communication, hyper transparency, radical uh, openness, and just constantly sharing with one another throughout the day. That's a much better methodology than moving towards monitoring productivity through you know background technologies that just track what people are doing throughout the day yeah yeah i mean if you think about it we're literally opening up our homes to people right we're all out of our homes right now we heard your dog and a bird and we had squirrels and chipmunks and yeah. you can see some of shane's I pictures we were in the background <laughs> <laughs> we want to be ultra authentic uh so i mean that that speaks to it i mean it kind of has to be it's just the nature of your environment actually right yeah, we'll see where that goes, though. It's when I think of all of that stuff that you were just saying, Todd, it makes me think of like you're asking a lot of people who are in positions of authority or leadership or management, what have you, to maybe be a little bit more vulnerable than they're used to in order to help their organization. And so it'll be it'll be interesting to see where that goes, who's willing to to step out of their comfort zone to do those sorts of things to help their companies grow.
yeah, I think from top to bottom in an organization, it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, if people, if peers aren't uh, used to communicating across department lines and so forth, you know, the, the communication chains in many ways have to be adjusted for as long as people are working remotely. They're just, we, I don't think we realize how big of a crutch, crutch, how, how important that human connectivity is uh, in the office every day, the opportunity to walk over to somebody's desk or to see them in the hallway or whatever the case may be, right? Um, beyond even the relationships that exist at work, there's just the ability to connect immediately if need be. And, and the more, the longer this goes on and the more isolated we all become, uh, the more difficult it will be to maintain that level of connectivity. And I can't think of any element that's more important to get right, right out of the gate here and insist that people over communicate throughout the yeah. organization. That makes me think of the scenario of like adding a new employee to a company while you all work remote like this. That could be really interesting and challenging to do. Yeah. Onboarding <laughs> is, is already hard framework. now. With, yeah. uh, hey, meet all these new people, but virtually. Because the talent gap hasn't shrunk any, has it, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> as as I'm concerned that needs still there. Uh, Todd, thanks, thanks for your time on, on the call today. I think yeah. our plan is to share the, um, the, the CMMI model around this stuff. Um, you know, whether that comes for you or us, this could definitely pair nicely with that for the visual. Yeah, I want to speak to one thing with regard to CMMI. I think there's, there's an important aspect here around level five. Level five, which is, you know, a level that most of us don't really aspire to get to typically when you think about capability maturity. Level five is filled with what are known as flow triggers. So McKinsey did a 10-year study on being in a flow state. And what they came back out of after 10 years, they said that executives in flow are five times more productive than when they're not in flow. Okay? Five times more productive. There are 10 individual triggers and 10 group triggers in, in flow. Uh, we talked about familiarity being one of them, but clear goals is another. Immediate feedback is another. So very short, closed-loop cycles, right? These are the types of things that uh, increase the neurochemistry that make us more productive as human beings. And so if you just look at the list of 10 flow triggers for individual performance, and being in a state of flow is when we feel our best and we perform our best. And you, if you look at that list, you will find that there are many where it's quite intuitive that you can build that into this remote, cap this remote capabilities, right? Hyper-communication, immediate feedback, clear goals, familiarity, et cetera. When you start plugging those into the process, you give yourself a better chance, okay? You give yourself a better chance to increase productivity from the bottom of where it could be now that we're all working remotely. So these are just little level five techniques that you can apply regardless of what level you're sitting at today to accelerate performance improvement in your remote team. That's awesome. Thank you. So for next week, um, when we kind of come back to do another episode, two weeks. we hope you enjoyed in two weeks. Yeah, I hope you enjoyed the, the interview with Todd McLeese. You know, we got a lot of value out of it and um, we'll hope to share some more with that. 
rolling forward it's, on our social channels. It's going to be crazy to to look back and and watch that in a few months or you know six months or a year just to see how much of our thoughts and predictions came to fruition and how how accurate that perspective was, as well as maybe we'll have some insight on some other companies that we're working with and and where they feel they fall on that maturity model. So that should be fun. Yeah. That's a, that's a good point. And so before we get to that, which we will have to dissect this at some point in the in the future, oh, yeah. I love that idea. But uh, we'll do a week and a half in review of how we've been handling working remote, uh, maybe even some anecdotes about some of the clients that we've helped and maybe some stories there, but also as we've worked through it as a tech company ourselves. Yeah, should be fun. We can talk all about the different video environments we've been in so far just after a couple of days yeah yeah and how is it like working with your significant other uh, at home or your kids or your dog or your bird or whatever you have <laughs> you already know that i have a story behind that because i was on a call with you today when allison walked in the background yeah <laughs> so should be, be a lot of that stuff those are oh, yeah. the, the, the stories i think that will humanize this whole thing and keep us sane so it's good to do this stuff but everybody thanks for tuning in and, uh, you know, good luck out there navigating all this stuff. Yeah, we'll see you in a few weeks.